Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, TC. Let's go to Jesus across this place. Come on. <clears throat> Bear with my voice. We've been dealing with all kinds of stuff the past week, starting last Sunday all the way to today. But we're going to preach today because I wanted to kick off the series, This Is Us. Turn your neighbor and say, This Is Us. And uh, we are excited about all the things that are going on. Make sure you take advantage of everything that Pastor Justin mentioned. We've got groups and we've got prayer. We've got all those things that I want to encourage you to jump into. But as we kick off this series, what we're doing is, is we're really just talking about who we are as a church. A lot of people have joined TC over the last 12 months. As a matter of fact, over the last 18 months, TC has doubled in size. And so <clears throat> that's amazing. And so we're excited for that. But the thing is, is as people come on board, we get asked a lot of questions like, who are we and what do we believe in and what, what do we value and all those things. And so we're going to take a whole series and walk you through our values, actually. So that's what we're going to do. But the most important thing about walking you through our values, though, is helping you understand how it applies to you and how you can say yes to something bigger. And how many guys have ever joined a, maybe a sports team or a sorority or a fraternity or anything like that? How many guys have ever joined something before in your life? You joined, anybody ever played sports before? Any of those things, right? As you've joined things in the past and as you've joined things uh, in your life, how many guys would acknowledge that there's something about being part of something bigger than just you when you join something else, right? Uh, I remember when, uh, I, I played sports my whole life. So uh, I remember playing, uh, I played baseball growing up. My dad, Pastor Dan, was an incredible baseball player. Uh, he he uh, probably could have went pretty far in his baseball career. Um, and then all of a sudden he got called to be a pastor. And so he left baseball to become a pastor. And so I remember he, he uh, when we were growing up, it was like one of those things where I thought kids just played baseball. Like, I didn't know you could not play baseball. Like, and maybe it's because he didn't teach me that you could not play baseball. He was just like, all right, now you can throw a ball. You should be on a team. And so he put me on uh, in baseball, and, but my ADHD was way too bad. And so uh, I'm in the outfield like, oh, you know, so, uh, and so they moved me to catcher. Well, he played catcher. So I, I'm here to tell you right now, he took me as like an eight-year-old and he bought me like the most ridiculous expensive catching gear ever. Um, and he's like, you're going to be a great catcher. And I'm like, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. Um, and then I found out you could play football and you could hit people and not get in trouble. And I was like, don't need baseball anymore. <clears throat> and he was like, but, but baseball. And I was like, nope, don't care about this at all. And then I found out at hockey, you could play football on skates. And I was like, all right. <laughs> you know? and, so, uh, and so I started playing football, and he coached me football, and I played hockey. And he's like, I don't know what to do with hockey. That's not my world. I grew up in Winter Haven, Florida. So, uh, so he, he, uh, he didn't follow much me into the hockey world. But all that to say is I remember being part of teams. But here's one thing that I've always noticed, and I found this very interesting. How many guys would realize that being a part of something bigger than you makes you better because now you're connected to a bigger organism? It's not just you. It's you want to be good for you, but you also want to be good for something bigger than you. And this happens to all of us in our lives. As a matter of fact, I put it in your notes like this. Being connected to something bigger can make you better. Being connected to something bigger can make you better. And here's the reason why. How many guys have ever joined a team where you thought you were good until you got around other people that you found out were better? Right? And you're like, if you're like me, you're like, oh, no, sir. <laughs> you're not fixing to be better than me. Right? Um, and so what, what happens? We naturally work to get better because we surround ourselves with better 
people, right? And being connected to something bigger makes you better. But it's not just in your, in your regular life. It's not just in your life outside these walls. Listen to me. That's, that's the same way with your life inside the wall. That's the same way with your Christian life. And it's the same way with your spiritual life. Being a part of something bigger can, in fact, make you better. Because when you're connected to something bigger, A, you're surrounded by people that are better. Not better than you as in, like, they're better Christians. Although, sometimes, you know, you look at some people and you're like, man, you are just a saint, aren't you? Like, you know, um, but, but being connected to something bigger as in, you know what, what if my purpose isn't just limited to what I am, but it's my puzzle piece in the bigger picture of what God's doing. And so we connect to something bigger. And that's what I want to show you today because we're going to look at this value that we have in our church, that we're a healthy house building healthy homes. And one of the biggest things about that is understanding who we are. And so I want to give you three things that connect to this idea. <clears throat> and it's this first, the first thing is that the world needs to see a brighter church. Come on, help me out. The world needs to see a brighter church. Am I right? How many guys ever grew up in churches? You were around churches. You were around people that went to churches that whenever you talk to them, you're like, I don't know what you got, but I know I don't want it. Right, come on. Anybody got people on your Facebook list or Instagram? You're like, oh man, if this is who Christians are, I don't know if I want to be a part of this. <clears throat> right? And here's what I know I know the world needs to see a brighter church. The, the world needs to see a church that shines brighter, not a church with the brightest lights, although we do an all right job in that department. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and so, but. It's not, it's not a church that has the brightest, but a church that shines the brightest. A church that is so connected to the source of light, who is Jesus. A, a church that's so connected to the source that when they are in dark times and in dark places, they shine bright lights even into those spaces. That even though someone may be in a dark part of their life, even though the church may exist in a dark area, I'm here to tell you that even in the midst of darkness, they can shine with hope, they can shine with peace, they can shine with joy. Something that overcomes the darkness around them because they're shining brightly. The, church, the world needs to see a brighter church. A church that's connected and authentic, but hear me, a church that's also contagious. Like how many guys look at life change and you find it contagious? Right. Every time I that's why we love showing you stories of what God's doing in people's lives is because I can stand here all day long and talk to you about what the hope is for you. But when you hear somebody else go through it, you're like, man, that is what I need in my life. Right. Because their hope is contagious. The church that doesn't just have religious jargon, but true life change. A church that when you walk in the doors, it's a little bit different than when you walked in other doors, right? Some of you have even told me, like, man, when I walked through the doors of this church, I don't know what it was, but I could, it was almost like I could taste it and smell it. Like, it was different. You know what I mean? Like, it was almost like it was tangible in the air that there's something different here than in other places I've been. And, I mean, that doesn't make us better church. It just makes us a bright church. And we're here to shine bright regardless of what's around us. And so we want to be a church that's not just full of religion, but it's full of people that are, in fact, in a relationship with Jesus. And that relationship is contagious. We want to preach a message that you can take home one day and use it in your everyday life. A church where people are meeting God. And because of that, marriages are being restored. Jesus is being revealed. Hope is being presented. Love is being expressed. Joy is being found. And God is able to meet you right where you are. How many of you are glad that God met you where you are? You didn't have to go to some distant place. But you came into a place like this and God met you in a powerful way. And now you're growing in him in ways you never thought possible. 
And that's what I'm talking about. God is here and he's trying to help. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 puts it like this. This is Jesus. He says, you are the, say that word with me, light. Now listen, some of y'all better wake up. I know college football was yesterday and some of you lost sleep because your team lost, but y'all need to wake up. All right, you cried yourself to sleep. No, listen. He says, you are the, say it with me again, light of the world. Let your light shine before others. Listen, for too long, Christians have put their light under something so that it wasn't too bright, so that the people who love their darkness weren't afraid or weren't angry with how bright their light shined. But we should be shining a light before others so that they may see what you do. Listen to me, not just what you say. Oh, come on. They should, they should see, listen, the world is exhausted by people who say they believe in a God that has not changed them at all. The world is exhausted by people who say they confess a Jesus that they do not represent at all. That he, they would not just hear your good words, but they would also see your good deeds. And listen to me, when they see your good deeds, not just go, oh, that dude's pretty good. No, no, no. They would see it so consistently that they would say, man, he's got to be connected to someone bigger than him. And that's what it says, that you would glorify your father in heaven. So what should happen is we should be shining a light so bright as a church that people look at what we're doing and go, oh my gosh, those people have to be connected to Jesus. That's what our desire is, a church that even in the darkest parts of life, we can shine, that's shining brightly because people are growing spiritually healthy with God. But the thing is, for many people, success is determined by growth. Now, I'll help you with this. How many guys would acknowledge you oftentimes think that success is determined by growth? Anybody? Right? I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Your bank account. How many, how many would say your, your bank account is more successful when it's growing? In Jesus' name, let it happen, Lord. Right? Okay, so, right? so like, we, would, we would define success by growth. But what most people fail to realize is health leads to growth and growth leads to success. In other words, a successful bank account isn't necessarily one that's growing if all you're doing is putting your debt on credit cards. So is it really successful that your bank account is growing if you're really just moving it over here? You see, the reality is health leads to, so, so being financially healthy by making the wise decisions leads to growth, right? And growth leads to success. So what you really need to know about our church is that our church is focused on building healthy things, not growing things. I'm going to say it again. Our church is focused on building healthy things, not growing things. So people ask me all the time, Brad, is all you care about numbers? Like, are you guys really that numbers driven at your church? I'm like, absolutely. There's nothing more important to me than the number of people that were going to hell and now they're going to heaven. The number of people whose marriages were in shambles and now it's being restored. The number of people that were addicted and now they're being set free. The number of kids that were far from God and now they're being returned. There's nothing more important to me than numbers. But here's the deal. I want you to understand something. It's not the numbers that matter the most because growth isn't the most important thing. Health is the most important thing. And here's what I'll give you. You can write it down. Healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. 
And so what do we need to know? We need to know that the whole goal of us as a church isn't to build the biggest church. Listen, I don't know how many people God's going to bring here. And quite frankly, that's none of my business. I resolved that a long time ago to say, God, whoever you bring to this church, that's who I'm going to lead and that's who I'm going to pastor. My goal isn't to figure out numbers. My goal is to make sure that every number is as healthy as they can possibly be. So I do care about your marriage. And if, I, if, if you come to me and you want help with your marriage, I'm going to encourage you with what the Bible says about your marriage. If you come to this church, I am going to lead you into groups. I am going to encourage you to find your purpose. I am going to encourage you to take next steps. I am going to encourage you on this journey. Why? Because the healthiest version of you is the version of you that is moving forward. And as you grow, you will find success in your life. But hear me, if you're not growing and you're not healthy, you can stop looking for success because you're not going to find it. What do we need? We don't need to pursue success. We don't even need to pursue growth. We just need to pursue health because healthy people are growing people. Listen, you can invite your friends all day long to church, and I hope that you do, all right? You can invite your friends all day long to church, but when you start talking different, acting different, loving your spouse differently, raising your kids differently, and you, they see the Spirit of God changing you, they're going to want to go wherever you're going. They're going to be asking you where they can go to church rather than you asking them. So healthy things grow. Psalms 92, 12 through 14 says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. And they will stay fresh and green. Listen, the righteous, those that are pursuing God, they're going to flourish like a palm tree. They're going to grow. like They're going to move. They're going to stay green. They're going to stay fresh. They're going to constantly be built up. They're going to constantly be building others up. Why? Because they're connected to the house of the Lord. They're connected to what God is doing. The righteous, those that are connected to God, they're the ones that are going to constantly be leading and constantly growing and constantly healthy. Why? Because that's the most important thing. Pursuing God gets you everywhere else, but pursuing everything else may not get you God. And so our goal as a church is to shine brighter. Turn to your neighbor and say, shine brighter. So we want to shine brighter. But here's the thing. A brighter church should start with better homes. A brighter church should start with better homes. Turn to your neighbor and say, better. All right? Better homes. You see, here's the reality. Our homes should be the first place our faith creates an impact. Many times we practice the, anybody ever tried the fake it till you make it type of faith walk? Right? How many found out you don't quite make it, but you fake it a lot? Right? Anybody ever faked it so hard you were hurting? Come on, help me out. Like, it, it, people are like, how are you doing? I mean, I'm good. I'm good. You're like, man, if I have to say I'm good one more time, I might lose it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we fall into this fake it till you make it mentality towards Christianity, but we should be building in the correct order. It doesn't mean you're perfect. But our church life should be an overflow. Listen to me. Our church life should be an overflow of our home life, not the other way around. It's not that, man, church is going so well, I guess my home should change. No, no, no. It should be that, man, God is doing something so deeply in me that it's impacting my family to the degree that I'm showing up to church and I'm bringing something with me. And in, in Western Christianity particularly, in, in this side of the world, one of the things that we see is, you know what, I just need church in my life. No, you don't. You need God in your life. Like, I just need to go to church on Sunday because that's going to make me feel better about how bad I am Monday through Saturday. No, you don't. I mean, keep coming, right? <laughs> but that's not going to help you. Listen to me. Church has never saved anybody. 
right? You don't need more church. You need more of God in your life. And what I'm going to show you here in a minute is if you'll, get, if you'll let God become something more in your life than a religious obligated checkbox, then he can do something so significant in your life that, hear me, you're bringing change to the church rather than waiting for the church to change you. And so what happens is we should be an overflow. What, what should our home life look like? Let me just paint this picture for you real quick. Are you ready? For some of you, it's going to sound hilarious, but it's really what it's supposed to look like. Children, if you're, if this is, if you're married with children, children who honor their mother and their father, they may not always obey, <laughs> but they honor their mother and their father. A wife who is raising the kids alongside her husband to honor their father and her husband and a husband who is sacrificially serving and loving God so much that it impacts the whole and together they should worship and read the Bible every single day together I'm telling you right now if some of us would just put that into our home you would instantly see change you would instantly see God start doing some things you're going what do I even pray about I don't know Start with like health. I don't know. Like, you know, it's like, no, like for, for real. Like, but what we're waiting for, here's what most of us are waiting for. You ready? We're waiting to go to church so that the church can do something for us so that we can hopefully bring some of it home if we haven't lost it in the traffic on the way. <laughs> come on, right? We're like, oh, God, just do something at church so that I can come home and be better. What if you did something at home so that when you showed up at church, you were better? Because that's the order it's supposed to look like. And so we're supposed to have better homes. So my question to all of us, and listen, you don't think I don't have to stand before my wife and have to answer these same questions. But here's the question I have for you. How has your faith changed your home? For many of us, we have a, a confession. We have a faith in Jesus Christ that's transformed our heart. But how much has it actually changed our home? Because hear me, there is no one that knows us better than our family. Come on, am I right? We have a pastor friend, Pastor Dan knows him better than I do. He had a pastor friend, he was, he's preaching in church and he, you know, he was he, he leading the church and all of a sudden he was getting in his car with his wife and his kid and his kid was in the back seat and his daughter. They were driving home and, and so as they're driving home, the little girl leans over the back seat. She says, Daddy, I have a question. And he says, what's that? He says, she said, how come you don't act at home the way you act at church? She said, if it was a staff member, I would have fired her, <laughs> right? <laughs> but how many of you guys know your family knows you better than anybody? Because they know the real you. Because my wife knows the real me better than anyone. She knows what goes through this brain, right? She knows me better than most people. But here's the reality. Just because she knows me, that's more of a reason I have to lead her, not less of a reason. I don't get to make excuses in front of her because she knows me so well. I have to be more of who I'm supposed to be because she knows me so well. And so I have to show up for her the way I'm supposed to show up for somebody else. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. So let's look at what it should look like in our homes, right? This is a great example. If you write this down, if you're, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you have kids, I want you to, Galatians 5, 22 through 23, if you want to know what it's supposed to look like in your home, this is it, all right? I'm going to show it to you right now. It's easy. Well, it's simple. All right. So, but the fruit of the Spirit, so the evidence, fruit meaning evidence, so the fruit of the Spirit, so the, the fruit 
that the Spirit of God or the evidence that the Spirit of God is present with you, okay, so just to break down that first little portion of what it's saying, right, is love, all right, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Some of y'all are like, man, where'd you get that from? The Bible. Okay? There's some stuff in this book. Y'all got to read it, man. I'm telling you, right? So, but the fruit of the Spirit, let's go back to it just for a second. I want to take just a second. Turn to your neighbor and say love. So this, the fruit of the Spirit is, it starts with love. Now listen to me, not the kind of love that you thought you were getting into, but the actual kind of love that endures. How many of you guys had a little bit of a delusion of grandeur when you got married? Married folks, raise your hand if you had a little, right? Anybody, anybody thought like, oh, this is going to be this, and then it turned out to be that way over there, right? Um, anybody needed a little extra of any of these other things? Kindness, right? Anybody need to be more kind than you thought you had in you at some times? Help me, don't do this to me. All I'm hearing is ladies, all you gentlemen are quiet as can be right now. <laughs> like, nope, I ain't falling into this trap. You got me last time, right? Kindness, goodness. Right? Being good. But here's the thing, and this is some of the, uh, the harder ones, I think, but faithfulness, gentleness. Like, man, is, is, the, is the Spirit of God evident even in the midst of our own frustrations? Like, is your temper a reason why you can't love your family well? Well, if you, you know how I get. No, 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 that's how you used to get. But 2 Corinthians 5.17 says all has passed away and the new has come. So that's who you used to be, but it doesn't mean that's who you have to be. Right? So if God is present in the home, the fruit of the Spirit means that something should be changing in you. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you're not going to lose your temper, right? Like, Because, listen, they were putting a roof on my neighbor's house the other morning at like 730. I'm telling you right now, everybody on the block was about to get it. I'm telling you, right? Like, I was like, cat, 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 cat. And I was thinking like go toe-to-toe with it. You know what I mean? Anyway, so anyways, that doesn't matter. If you're from California, that joke made no sense to you and it doesn't matter. All right, so. But gentleness, and self-control, right? Own, owning who you are. Like, and saying, like, listen, no, no, no. You don't have to be driven by who you used to be. You can actually be driven by who God's telling you to be. And that's what it should look like in our homes. And then what would it look like? Hear me. What would it look like if we did that and for our families? And if, you're, if you don't have kids, if you did it for just you and your spouse, and if you're not married, if you just did it for you, like, what, how different would your life be if that was a space you're, you were in, right? And so what do we have to do? We come to the table and we show, listen, we show it in our homes so that we can show it in our church. We need that in our lives. But here's the reality. Because when those things happen, we know we're connected to the last part, which is what I want you to understand is brighter church and better homes are built on people with bolder faith. They're built on people with bolder Faith. People that actually believe in the Christianity that they talk about. People that actually believe that this thing in our life is worth living for as much as it might be worth dying for. Like a bolder faith in us. And Hebrews 4, 14 through 15 says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, All right, so since we have a great high priest who's ascended into heaven, who is Jesus, let us hold firmly to the faith that we 
profess. Now, why do you think he would have to encourage believers to hold firmly to a faith that they profess? Unless it's because they were holding to it very loosely. Anybody's Christianity ever been a convenient thing before? Like, has it, has it ever been one of those things where you were like, like, for example, you know, we're a little bit past the Facebook world at this point between Instagram and everything else. But I remember when you created a Facebook profile, right? That's how old I am. So I remember when you created, <laughs> I remember when you created a Facebook profile and they asked you your religious beliefs and you could put Christian. Anybody remember that? Right. All right. Now, Instagram, TikTok, none of that does that. But, but Facebook did it. And I remember looking at other people's profiles that had put Christian and then was looking at their feed and was like, something's not lining up here, <laughs> right? Like, I was like, that's not a good video for you to post, right? Like, I remember looking at it and thinking to myself, like, wow, like, we really have detached what it means to truly follow Jesus and truly love God and truly let him change our life versus just putting a title on ourselves because we may go to church on Sunday. And so there's a bolder faith. And so we got to hold firmly to the faith that we profess because hear me, it's always going to be tempted to hold onto it very loosely. For we do not have a high priest, talking about Jesus, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Now, this is important. This is important in Hebrews 4. Because what he's saying is, if you go back to the Old Testament, they would have to go to the high priest, and the high priest would make an atonement. He would make a payment for the sins of the people. And so they would go to the high priest, the high priest would go, he would make a sacrifice, and he would pay for the sins of the people. And that would happen consistently so that the people's sins could be forgiven, right? But what they're saying in Hebrews 4 is since Jesus came, we no longer need that high priest. We have a new high priest and his name, it is Jesus. And when he went to the cross, he paid for the sins once and for all that used to have to happen consistently. And since we have a great high priest, who is Jesus, who did pay for our sins, we need to hold firmly to our faith in him and not let it waver. But here's the beautiful part, right? How many guys have ever been overcome with shame and guilt when you were doing stuff you knew you shouldn't have been doing? Right? Anybody ever, the enemy just started getting in your mind because things were, you were getting a little sideways. You weren't quite where you were. You lost your temper. Someone was putting a roof on next to your house too. Like all them things. Like, and so maybe you've been in them types of spaces, but here's the beautiful part. It's what he's saying in Hebrews 4 is, listen, Jesus was tempted in every way. He was tempted in every way you could be tempted to lose his anger, right? To sin in certain ways. He was tempted in all of those ways, but he didn't sin. And the beautiful part is he didn't sin. And since he didn't sin, he could be the sacrifice for our sins and that should bolden our faith because we're looking at Jesus going oh my gosh you're amazing so much better than anything that the world could give us so many of us feel that we can't approach God because of what we've done I'm gonna say it again many of us feel like we can't approach God because of what we've done how we've messed up but this message this passage in Hebrews 4 says God empathizes he he understands our weaknesses because he was tempted too. And so every moment that shame causes you to run from God, what you should really be letting it happen is you should acknowledge that the shame that's setting in is the enemy trying to trick you from running to God. And so we go, oh man, God was tempted too, but he didn't sin. Now we do sin. Help me out somebody, right? 
We do mess up. We do have faults. We do have issues. We do have frailties. But here's the reality. He didn't sin. And so he was tempted, but he didn't. So bolder faith is rooted, listen to me, in trust. Say trust. Having a bolder faith in God is rooted in trust. That God isn't who many of us have been trained to think of him. He is righteous and holy and sovereign and big and powerful. Because how many guys were ever given that picture of God when you were a kid? It was like the big guy sitting on the big seat with no face and the big stick ready to hit you every time you messed up. Anybody got that, right? Some of the, some of the church dramas we were in didn't help either. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, gosh. No. Right? So, but we, we grew up in these church environments where God is this, like, faceless, almost, like, non, like, no emotion, no care. Just like, how dare you? Man, I could do that well now. I couldn't do that. <laughs> it's like, golly, that's it. I got no, so, but, but you know what I mean? Like he's just ready to hit us with a stick every time we turn around. You know what I'm saying? But the reality is, listen to me, for everything that he is righteous and holy and sovereign and big and powerful, he is equal parts loving, gracious, compassionate, and merciful. And so in the moments where you feel like you can't come to God, I'm going to tell you for everything that he is big and powerful, he is also merciful and compassionate. For everything that he is righteous and holy that makes you fear him, listen to me, he's also gracious. And so he's 100% of all of those things. And so he needs to be the one that we go to in comfort. And let's, what does it say in Hebrews 4? So it talks about all of that, yet he did not sin. Therefore, say therefore, let us approach the throne where he sits, the throne of grace, not shaking, not cowardly, not consumed by shame but with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You see, trust leads to freedom. But there's one thing that helps with freedom, and that's people. Turn your neighbor and say people. And in groups, that's where we find true freedom, because God used Jesus to save us, but he uses people to help us get free. And we need people in our lives. Matter of fact, we got a story of two of our guys in our church and how God changed their life this past season through groups. And we want to show it to you as we get ready to sign up today. Go ahead, guys. My name's Ryan. I'm Joe. So we are part of Stepping Up as Godly Men. There was such like a wide variety of people from like new believers to seasoned believers to... Um, young, old, it was such a diverse group of people. It opened up conversation. Um, it went from a lot of the same few guys just talking um, and sharing, and then as each week went on, some of the ones that were a little more reserved and quiet started to open up, and you could really see a lot of growth and a lot of vulnerability. And the, and the challenge that we kind of set uh, for everyone, Brad and myself, um, was finding someone that you could be accountable to um, and really, uh, trusting that person and them trusting you to kind of get into your life and really share some of the things that you normally wouldn't share to people and really trusting them to kind of walk through uh, those fires and those kind of circumstances with you. My son's baseball team, like they've got the, the quote, like as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens, sharpens another. And they kind of apply it to the team mentality for them. But like for us, I think that's, we've seen a lot of that, you know, in our group is, being able to share and help each other know that you can go through the struggles together or different things like that, I, th I think has been huge. And it it can help take a weight, you know, off of stuff. You know, if you're 
you know if you're like man, i don't know how to handle this i don't know what to do like i don't know who to go to about some of these things you know the group having the group and having some discussions with some of the guys is like i said you you find people that have had similar struggles or similar issues or, or things like that and it's so taboo for a guy to reach out for help i think like the western society has kind of idolized this lone wolf mentality um, where a guy can just bottle up all of his emotions and like man you're so cool because you didn't ask for help no like we are meant to be um, around people so it kind of made me think a little bit more like why like why am i act, like why are we actually in the group like what you know yes it says this but like it if i don't buy in i'm not going to get out yeah. what what i truly want to get out of the group or what the group's designed to kind of help us what i think was the most rewarding thing is the ones that were there every single week um they'd be upset if we had to cancel or um you know they were they were the first ones to kind of speak up and wanting to share their week and wanted to even share their struggles because they knew that like if i could you know even if my week was terrible i could go into a room with a bunch of men who are going to be real with me they were going to encourage me and they were going to speak words of life one weekend we were getting up going to baseball and we we're driving off and we're about to leave the uh, the apartment complex and my son's in the back of the seat. He's like, Dad, wait. I'm like, what did you forget? Like, cleats, what's going on? He's like, we didn't pray before we left. Pulled the car over and, and kind of prayed. And I was, so it kind of like, like, okay, I'm doing this for the right reasons type of thing. And it's, I'm seeing kind of the growth that's going to come from it. I think those are kind of some of the big key things that yeah. has happened so far, you know, I know for me. If you're hesitant about joining a group, just do it do the group because it's it's gonna make you a better person it's gonna help build the relationships and, and commit i think are the two big things life change happens through the context of relationships right mm -hmm. like you are literally seeing people's lives change like man if i can get nothing else for the week knowing i can oh, step yeah. into a room where a group of people love me for who i am like that's all i need mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely And that's the thing, man. There's something about sitting in circles with people that are here to build you up and help you get free from yesterday so that you can see God's version of you for tomorrow. And that's one of the great things that groups does, man, is it helps you. Listen, we all got stuff that's trying to hold us to yesterday. Like we all got stuff in our life that's, that's really trying to cling to us, keep us tied to our past. But I've said it before, I'll say it again. God used Jesus to save us, but he uses people to free us, Right? So this is us. In your notes, we're a healthy house building healthy homes. That's our goal. That's what we're aiming towards. A healthy house, a church building healthy homes for you, where you live. But I can promise you this, attending church services might be a good start, right? It's a great catalyst for some people. What God did in their life started in church services, and I'm obviously not against church services. I'm here every week, okay? Right? So like, I'm here for it, right? So it's a great start. It's a great catalyst. It could be a moment. I pray that today is a moment for some of you, right? Like, it's a great moment, a spark that is needed. But listen to me, going to church isn't going to make you who you need to be. Going to church isn't going to make you who you want to be. And the reason why is because they going to put on the screen information rarely changes people but inspiration and revelation changes everything how many guys can honestly say you probably could have learned everything you needed to in high school in one year 
Let's go on and raise your hand. Anybody? Anybody in there? Okay. Right? Like, like, listen, bro, after freshman year, I don't know that I used any of the rest of that ever again, right? Not against the public school system, I'm just saying, right? How many of you know there's a lot of information that came at you over the years of your life, but it was the places and the people that inspired you that made you change, right? And here's the deal. You can come in here every Sunday. You can watch online every Sunday, and I hope that you continue to do that. I love you. I really do pray that every Sunday you come in here and you're different than the way you walked in. I do pray that, right? But my information that I'm going to give you, albeit inspired by God and preaching out of his word, and, and that does do something in us, that information doesn't change us. But listen to me. The inspiration by the Holy Spirit and the revelation of what God wants for you, that's what changes you. That's what makes you different. And there's no better place for that to be continually encouraged than in groups of people where you're not being taught at, you're being inspired by. And that's why groups matter so much. I remember when I was a kid, I'll give you this and we'll, we'll wrap up. I remember when I was a kid, I was, played Little League football. And uh, to this day, I was 10 years old. That was 25 years ago. To this day, I still call my coaches from Little League, Ends League football, Coach Tom and Coach Danny. Like, I think I'm older now than they were when they were coaching me. And I still call them Coach Tom and Coach Danny. One of them, brought, the, the wife of one of them brought me something recently. It was my little card from when I signed up for football from 1997. I said, how do you have this? You know? And, uh, but here's the question that I have for you. And this is what I want you to think about. Why is it that coaches impacted your life so deeply? Listen, I've had a lot of teachers over the years. I can probably name three. And the reason I can name them isn't because they were the smartest. It was because they did something inside me. They changed me. Mr. Holland at uh, Brentwood Middle School taught me science in eighth grade. He used ACDC, Metallica, and Dr. Dre to prove whether or not you could study with hip-hop, rock, or classical music. Dude changed my life, man, you know? <laughs> because then when your parents come in, you're like, you need to turn that off. you got to study. I'm like, ah, 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 we proved it. No, so... But he changed my life, not because he taught me anything different, but he inspired me differently. And listen to me, many of you don't need to be taught new things. You just need to be around people that are going to inspire you to live differently. You don't need to be given more information. You just need to be inspired to do something with the information that you've got. That's what we need in our life. i put it to you like this. We're going to wrap up, but it's being inspired to be better requires more than just being taught. Being inspired to be better requires more than being taught. And belonging means more than just having a seat. Belonging means more than just having your seat that you come and sit in on a Sunday morning. You're thinking, no, 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 you need to be part of something, right? James 5.16 says, confess your sins to each other so you can be healed. Now, he didn't say confess it to God. He says confess it to each other. Why? Because we're going to need to carry this load together right so I'll give this last thing to you it's the last part of our phrase we're a healthy house building healthy homes and it's in circles instead of rows it's in circles instead of a rows that your faith gets bolder your home gets better and our church shines brighter so join us 
because this is us. A church that shines bright with better homes and people that have bolder faith. And let's walk it out together, amen? Let me pray for you. Jesus, we just thank you, God, that you're, you're with us today. We thank you that you encourage our faith. We thank you that you build better homes. We thank you that, God, you're gonna encourage our church. You're gonna enable our church to shine brighter because the people in it are, are bolder and our homes are better, God. And so I just pray for every person that's here, Father, Lord, that you would help us connect and, and resonate with what you're aiming to accomplish in and through our lives. And so, God, as we look to you, Lord, I just pray, Father, that you would help each one of us find where we're going to say yes to the next step. Because there's a way that we can do it. There's a place we can do that. And so we just thank you for it. We love you today. It's in your name that we pray. With everyone's head bowed and your eyes closed if you're here today. And you need Jesus in your life. You need your sins to be forgiven. You know, you've got some things in your past that you've messed up, but you're ready to say, Jesus, I just need a fresh start and a new beginning. I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. And the whole church is going to pray with you so you're not praying by yourself. Today, you can put your faith in Jesus. Let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me whole. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start, and I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. MyTC.Life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.